in with me this morning? Okay, this, this could get a little risky this morning, so I need you to pay close attention. Uh, I've, all my life, I've, I've always been a bit of an instigator. Uh, not, not really afraid to instigate some things. So I'm kind of going to be a little bit of an instigator this morning, and it, it does come naturally for me. But, but I don't want anyone to get all bent out of shape and get worked up and hate me for the rest of my life. I actually wore uh, nicer clothes. My mom and dad got me this nice shirt. It even has my initials in it, figuring if someone kills me, at least I could be buried in nice clothing already. I can save someone the trouble of changing my clothes. Okay, so as I preach, just please be patient and listen and see what the Word of God is trying to say this morning. Uh, Nothing, here it goes, nothing gets our feathers ruffled up more than politics. Amen? <laughs> if you want to be promptly killed, just state your political beliefs. Or you will be mocked, ridiculed, and hated and canceled within moments. It can ruin your entire career if you say the wrong thing. To, to me, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. This entire nation is on edge. All of us are on edge. I don't care if you are saved, Christian or non-Christian. Everyone is on edge right now in our nation. We're, we're in the middle. We're smack dab in the middle of a pretty hotly contested election season right now. And, and, and I do believe it has everyone stirred up. Everyone. Uh, I do not do the social media thing. Uh, no Facebook, no Instagram, none of that for me. No thank you. To me, it leads to trouble. But I hear reports of all the Facebook food fights going on. People just hating each other and this and that going on. And no thank you. I have enough trouble without those things. And it's because everyone is on edge right now. This, this election season coming up. Everyone's at each other's throats. You know, I know that even now... Oh, I've mentioned the word politics already. I've said election. I know right now someone's pulses begin to quicken. Someone in here is starting to sweat profusely. You know, uh, someone's probably thinking, if, if this guy says one thing against the candidate that I'm backing, I will send him the nastiest email he's ever heard. <laughs> oh, there, are, there are so many buzzwords. From my perspective as a, a minister, a preacher, there are so many buzzwords right now that sometimes I feel like I'm handcuffed a little bit and you can't say those things. You can't say that. That's a buzzword right now. If you say that, someone's going to be mad. If you say that, someone's going to send you an email. If you say that, someone's going to say, hey, we need to meet. And I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. And we need, we, I'm disagreeing with you here. So many buzzwords right now. But I've already told you I'm a little bit of an instigator, so... I'm going to put it to the test this morning. I'm going to say a couple buzzwords, see if I can get someone stirred up. But I, just be patient, okay? Be patient, but quiet. Listen, Republicans and Democrats. Ooh, you can't say Republican. You can't say Democrat from the pulpit. How about this one? Red pill, blue pill. Oh, someone's going, oh, what's he going to say next? Uh, I'm going to kill this man if he says the wrong thing. Or how about this? Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Oh. <laughs> what about this buzzword? Masks. Oh, you better be careful what you say, pal. You better be careful. You can get yourself killed over some of this stuff. 
is is anyone's fist just starting to clench right now and get tight? (laughs) Relax, relax. You're going to mangle up your Bible. You need your Bible. You need to be able to read that thing. Oh, maybe there's someone watching even on live stream this morning thinking if if that jerk says one thing that I don't, that doesn't align with my political beliefs, I will never see the inside of that church again. Just hold on, brothers and sisters. Don't get up and run out yet. Don't turn off the live stream just yet, okay? Uh, Maybe someone's thinking, oh, no, he's not going to preach on politics. No, he's not. Oh, you can't do that. Uh Uh-uh. If if he does, that's that's career suicide. You know, Jason, you've been doing good. I've been enjoying your sermons lately. Don't ruin it. Don't go into that topic. Don't say anything political. Don't say anything about those things. Uh, I almost instructed our uh, ushers this morning to keep an eye out. We don't want any Molotov cocktails this morning. No, no Molotov cocktails allowed in the building this morning, okay? So, ushers, if you see anyone filling up any bottles with alcohol and dipping the tops, rags, shoving them in there, please confront them. Any other week, it's acceptable, but not this week. <laughs> you know, it, it is amazing to me. Now, I joke around a little bit, but it is amazing to me how many people are ready to kill over their political beliefs. As a matter of fact, people are being killed over their political beliefs in this nation. I I read a story. This is a true story. I I saw this uh, like a month or two ago. There was some sort of clash between a, I believe it was some sort of conservative group. You know how there's been all these clashes and all these marches and protests and riots and looting. There was some sort of clash between a conservative group and one of those Antifa groups. And a, a person had taken a padlock This is how on edge we are. This is how worked up people get. Someone had taken a padlock and threw it into this group of people. It struck someone in the head, causing them severe damage. They had to receive medical attention. They apprehended and arrested the person that threw the padlock, hit someone in the head, and the person that threw it was an ethics professor at a local college in that area. That is how worked up we get that is how crazy this nation has gotten there there are so many lines that are drawn nowadays so many lines drawn to to set us apart and set us on different sides we we have all these lines we have conservatives on this side we have liberals on this side we have republicans over here we have democrats over here there's there's lines drawn between them we have leftists we have people that are on the right And there's a line drawn between we have fundamentalists and we have progressives. All all these people on these polar opposite ends of the spectrum and there's lines drawn between all over this nation. We draw these lines and we say that this is our side, that's your side. Each side recognizes the other side as the enemy. So if you are a conservative person or maybe a right-leaning person, you look to the left, you look to the liberals, and you say, those are our enemies. That's the enemy over there. They're not on our side. If you are a left-leaning person, or a more liberal-leaning person, you look at the right side, and you say, those are our enemies over there. They're the enemies. They're the ones trying to ruin this nation. If they have their way, we're going to be ruined. And this side over here says the same thing about them. If they have their way, we're going to be ruined. They're enemies. They are our enemies. The two are not compatible, and there's all kinds of lines. 
Those groups, those group of people, they're our opponents. They're not on our side. So all these lines get drawn. And each side celebrates when, when one side can, can pull a member from one side to the other. If the leftist can, can pull someone from the conservative side over, oh, it's a big celebration, we got this person, yeah. If the, the right side-leaning uh, people can pull a leftist out of the, that and over to their side, oh, there's great celebration. We want another person. We, we red-pilled someone. We blue-pilled someone. Great celebration. There, there's tremendous victory on one side if the other side loses. Loses an election, loses a midterm, whatever it is. There's great celebration on the other side because the other side lost. Praise the Lord. Yes, it's great. All these lines get drawn. And there's, there's also, I notice there's great camaraderie among the sides. If you're a conservative person, well, you have great camaraderie with all the other conservatives. If you're more liberal or left-leaning, there's great camaraderie among their side. But not between the two. No way. Now just hear me out here. When we draw so many lines, we even further divide ourselves. Not, not only do we draw political lines, we draw racial lines. Lines on a racial scale. scale. We say, well... That's a black group. This is a white group. Well, this demographic over here is black people. Or this demographic over here is white people. Or these are black people, African American people. Or these are uh, Caucasian people. It's just more lines being drawn. It's more lines to say, you are over there and you are over there. You belong to that group. You belong to that. Because of the color of your skin, you belong over there. And because of the color of your skin, you belong over there. Because of the color of your skin, you're an oppressor. Or because of the color of your skin, you're one of the oppressed. They're just lines being drawn. More and more lines. We draw them on a political scale over all kinds of different topics, and we draw them on a racial scale. There's lines all over the place. People get divided and thrown into different demographics. They're all just a bunch of lines all over our nation. We draw even more lines, you know, on racial scales, on political scales, but we even draw more lines on economic scales as well. We say, well, hmm, you're part of the upper class, and you, you're part of the middle class, and you, you're part of the lower class. We draw all these lines separating each other on economic scales. Now, as if that's not bad enough, we even take those three economic classes and we break them down further. There's actually an upper middle class, and there's a lower middle class to the middle class. Do you see what's happening? It's you take these, all these groups of people, and you shuffle them all around, and you say, you're over here, you're over here, you're over here, you're over here, because of the color of your skin, because of your political views, because of your economic status, you're here, 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 all these different demographics of all kinds of different kinds of people, and it's lines drawn everywhere. Putting all these people in different boxes. Putting all these people in different categories. Categorizing people. Us human beings, we love to draw lines to separate ourselves. We love distinction. We love it. Listen, there's even lots of lines being drawn in churches right now. There are lots of them. 
I hear them. I've talked about them. I watch them all the time. There are, listen, there's a big line right now between churches that have remained open and the churches that have stayed closed. The, the, the ones that stay closed, the churches, they say, well, you're bad if you're open because you don't care about people. You don't care if they get sick. And then the ones on the other side says, well, you should open up. You should care about your people. You should minister your people. It's just another line drawn saying, well, here's someone on that side and I'm on this side. And I disagree with you. You're over there and I'm over here and there's nothing between us. No common ground between us. There's just all more lines being drawn. People being segregated and separated. You're bad for opening church. Well, you're bad for closing your church. Listen, whatever side you find yourself on this election season, I also notice that we're entrenching ourselves more and more into our positions. We're uh, polarized even more. Meaning, if you were a right-leaning person, you're going more to the right, more to the right, more to the right. If you're a left-leaning person, you're going more to the left, more to the left, more to the left. Meaning, there is no more middle ground anymore. It's separated way out to the polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Either everyone's over here or everyone's over there. There is no more middle ground. And the sides are hating each other more and more. Pretty much to the point of violence in this nation. We see it every day. Now, maybe at this point you're thinking, what's this got to do with church? It's got a lot to do with church. A whole awful lot to do with church. I came across a scripture that I sincerely believe the Lord wants to remind us of this morning. As we go through election season and everyone's hating each other and there's lines drawn everywhere around you. I think the Lord wants to remind us of something. There's a a scripture found in Joshua chapter 5. You don't have to turn there just yet, but I believe the Lord wants to remind us to keep this perspective as we see all these lines drawn, racial lines, economic lines, political lines, all these different lines drawn, and you can't cross them, and whoever's on the other side is your enemy. I think the Lord wants to remind us that there's a, a perspective from Scripture that we need to gain. In Joshua chapter 5, uh, but before we get to that, let's build up just a touch of background. Uh, I'm sure many of you know who Joshua is, but Joshua took over for Moses. You remember Moses was ordained by God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. They were slaves in Egypt, and God called Moses and brought them out. If you remember, they, I've preached on this recently. Remember, God gave them the law as they were traveling. That's when he gave the Ten Commandments. He gave them the law, and they're traveling through the wilderness, and God's feeding them and leading them and guiding them and comes to the point where Moses actually dies. The Bible says Moses is 120 years old and he dies, I believe it was in the land of Moab, he dies. So Joshua is the next man to take the leadership, to take the mantle from Moses. And Joshua takes over and one of the first things that Joshua has to do is he's got to get them across the Jordan River. Okay, because Moab is... Right by this Jordan River, they got to get them. And God miraculously dries up the Jordan River, allows all the children of Israel to cross into what the Bible says, the Valley of the Palms, which is Jericho. 
there, we, we remember from Sunday school. Everyone remember the song? And Joshua won the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Remember that? Yes? <laughs> and the walls came tumbling down. You know, it's something we learn in our Sunday school. So they come into this valley, and there's this great big giant walled city. And these children of Israel, they see it. And they have to draw up these battle plans to try and defeat this big giant city in Jericho. It's got these big massive walls. And if you know anything about Joshua, if you've ever read the book of Joshua, Joshua is a fighter. Joshua is a man of war. He will fight you anywhere, anytime. He will get into a fight. Joshua was a pretty brutal dude. He was a godly man, loved the Lord, but he was a pretty brutal dude. Was not afraid to get into a fight. But something happens as Joshua in the, the nation of Israel, the, the children of God, something happens in the book of Joshua in the fifth chapter that it is a little bit strange. As they are getting ready to go up against this great walled city in Jericho, some strange, strange scripture that we see. And something that happens, I believe that it might give us a good perspective and allow us, if we look at this passage of Scripture, it might just allow us to navigate through this election season that we're in without killing someone. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. And as I read, I'm going to ask, don't read ahead please, stay with me. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold... There stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Now, let's stop there for a minute. Joshua, who is a fighter, already has the line drawn. Either you are with me or you're with them. And if you're with them, then you are my enemy. Are you with us? Because if you're with us, then you're good. You're on my side, I'll embrace you. But if you're on their side, then there's a line drawn. You are on the enemy's side. I don't like you. I want to fight you. I'll go up against you. So there's a line drawn already. He sees this figure with this sword. And he goes up and says, Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Are you on my side or are you on their side? Are you a conservative or are you a liberal? Are you a leftist or are you on the right side? Are you a Republican or are you Democrat? Are you black or are you white? Are you upper class or are you lower class? Joshua, the line is already drawn to him. Are you on my side or their side? Which one are you? Red pill or blue pill? Because if you're the right side that I'm on, then I like you, I'll embrace you. But if you're not, then you're at my adversary. Whose side are you on, Joshua says. And remember, Joshua's ready to fight. He fights. Read the book of Joshua. Man, he gets into a million fights. Because if you're not on my side, then you're my enemy. I'm against you. Now, the strange thing about this is that biblical scholars believe that this figure, it says he sees a figure standing against him with a sword drawn. Biblical scholars believe that this is a uh, type of Christophany. It is a pre-incarnate Christ, okay? This actually is not an isolated incident. If you read your Bible, if you know your Old Testament, this happens a handful of times where a Christ appears. So this is a 
Christ appearing in a physical form of a man. Okay? So Joshua, this is unknown to him. He just sees this guy. He sees this man standing there with his sword drawn. He doesn't know it's a Christ, a pre-incarnate Christ. And he's going up there stating the lines already. Are you for us or are you against us? Whose side are you on? It's Jesus, the Son of Man, manifesting himself in the physical form of a man is who he's talking to. What I think is really important, and we have to remember this, is I want you to hear the response that this pre-incarnate Son of Man gives to Joshua. Now remember, Joshua's ready for a fight. You, you could say that it was election season back then. Tensions were high back then. There's getting ready to be a fight. There's adversaries. There's sides. Joshua's saying, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Let's look at verse 14. And he said, meaning the pre-incarnate Christ said, and he said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose your shoes from off your feet, for the place whereon thou stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Huh, brothers and sisters, let, let's cl further clarify. I want to read that to you in the NIV version. A lot of times it's good if, if you see something in the King James Version, a lot of times it's good to look at another version of the Scriptures. Look, let's look at the response. Joshua, remember he said, Whose side are you on? Are you on my side or are you on their side? Let's read this in the NIV. Pre-incarnate Christ says, Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord have I now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my, does my Lord have for his servant? Joshua, who's ready for this fight, sees this figure, runs up, confronts him, ready to fight him. If he's on the other side, it's going to be a fight. He's going to start swinging his sword. He's already ready. He's already amped up and primed up for a battle. And it's, he doesn't know it's Christ. Are you for us? Or are, you, are you black or are you white? Are you Republican or Democrat? Blue pill or red pill? Liberal or conservative? And this pre-incarnate Christ says, Neither! I ain't on any of your all side. I'm on neither of your side. I'm here as the captain of the host of the Lord. You know what I believe that the pre-incarnate Christ, that this Christophany is trying to say here? He's saying, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. I join no man's side. Man can join my side. You all join my side. That's what the Lord is trying to say to Joshua here. See, we draw all these lines, all these crazy lines, and we say, here's this side, there's that side. God's up there saying, I ain't on any of y'all's side. You all people can join my side. You join my side. Joshua, you can come onto my side if you'd like. Brothers and sisters, there is only, only one real line drawn. Amen. There is only one, and it is God on one side, and Satan is on the other. That is all there is. There is good on one side, and there is evil on the other. There, there, that's all there is. There is no conservative line slash liberal line. No, no, no. There's only one line, one real line, and it's God's side, and then the other side is the enemy's side. That's all there is. There's heaven on one side, there's hell on the other. There's righteousness on one side, and there's righteousness, unrighteousness on the other side. That's the only line there is. You can dissolve all other lines. You can dissolve them all. 
You can dissolve all the racial lines, all the political lines, all the economic lines. Get rid of them all. There's only one side, the side of God and not on God's side. And God reminds Joshua, um, I don't come down here and jump on your side. You all, humanity, can get on my side. There is Yahweh's side and there is Lucifer's side. There is saved or unsaved. That's all there is, brothers and sisters. How dare we say, God, you come and get on my side. It's not humanity's place. We butcher up everything. Completely make a wreck of everything. Even if we did have the correct political views, we'd mess them up somehow. How dare we say, God, you come over here and get on my side. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love Him because He first loved us. God's done all this stuff long ago. He was loving on us before we ever even thought about Him. God's causes were way before any of mankind's causes. Jesus in Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We go to Christ. We get on His side. We don't tell God. We don't tell Christ, come over to my side. He's the Lord of hosts. Come unto me, Jesus says. You come to me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Well, we say this. We say, but, but I'm conservative. God, God's on my side because I got conservative views. But we say, I'm fundamentalist. God's on my side. Nay, but as captain of the Lord of hosts am I now come. By the way, rip off your shoes because wherever I am is holy ground. Listen, but we say, we, we try to justify, we say, but, but, but my cause is righteousness. Brothers and sisters, there is no righteousness outside of God. All righteous causes are God's causes. They are before us. Mankind didn't make righteousness up. Because I have a certain view and I believe that it's righteous, that doesn't make it righteous. If God says it's righteous, then it is righteous. We say, oh, but, but my side is moral. My, my, my beliefs are moral. There is no morality outside of God. God creates morals. If He says it's moral, then it is a moral. We need to get on God's side. We don't tell God, God, you come over and you get in this conservative box here. You belong in this category, God. God says, I ain't on any of y'all's side. You can come onto my side. You people, humanity doesn't make up righteous causes. I do. I wrote them into the Word of God. Mankind doesn't de determine what's moral, what's right or wrong. I do. I've set it forth in my word. But my causes are good causes. There is no good outside of God. Amen. All good causes are God's. I'll read Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. Th this is where these things are derived from. For the Lord gives wisdom. Republicans or Democrats, they don't derive what's wise. They didn't create wisdom. The Lord did. For the Lord gives wisdom. 
And out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. We don't even have the ability to say what is good and what is bad. What is evil and what is righteous. What is a good cause and what is a bad cause. What is a value and what isn't. We don't even have that ability unless we go to God who gives wisdom. He gives us those things. See, somewhere along the line, mankind has gotten arrogant and said, well, this party here, we are the ones that uh, we have created these causes. These are good causes. We are fighting for these good causes. But I say to you, God says, nay, I ain't on either of your side. You all can come to my side. You come to my side. Listen, I... I am not telling you to abandon your political convictions. What I believe the Lord is trying to remind us of this morning is that we, humanity, we align ourselves with God, with what He says is right, with what His Word says. We don't bend and mold and shape God to fit our political views. We do not do that. We cannot do that. We have to align ourselves with this book, the word, the law that he's given us. If he says it is right and just and holy, then it is right and just and holy. And we should align ourselves to that. Somewhere along the way, we've said, God, you can come over here to my side. And it's not right. It's not right. God does not align himself with our political views or racial views, or whatever they are. If God says it, if God says that it is good and true, then it is good and true. And we, we, as His children, adopt it. We adopt it into our lives. And our political views should reflect that. They should reflect that. Not because not your parents said so, not because the color of your skin not because your economic status tells you you have to vote this way or you have to believe in this because your skin is this color. No, no, no. Every last one of us should be looking in the Word of God and saying, God says this, so that is how I will view this tricky little topic. And there are very many topics that are very difficult to navigate. There are. But that's why God gave us His Word. We align ourselves with it. Listen, we align our views, our beliefs, our causes according to biblical principles, which all come from God. That's how it should work. All of our entire worldview should come from the Bible. Everything, if we look at all these complex topics, we should look at them through the lens of the Word of God. And let the Word of God filter out all this stuff. That's the way we should approach politics. That's the way we should vote, is through the Word of God. Our stance on all these topics, transgenderism, global warming, parenting, you name it, abortion, skin color, war, all of that, we should seek what this book says and then adopt that, and that is our political view. 
That is our stance that we should take as the people of God. We are subject to God. All of it should align with God's views. We, we, we do not and we cannot tell God, you come over to my side. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Do you know how high above He is than we are? His ways are not our ways. Why? Because He contains, He possesses infinite knowledge. He sees the end from the beginning. He is God. How dare we say, God, you come down and get onto my side. It does not work that way, brothers and sisters. It does not. We join God's side on all of these things. We seek God. We seek what He thinks about them. And then we align ourselves to it. We take all these complex issues and we view them through the lens of Scripture. Listen, when Joshua, back, back to our story in Joshua, when Joshua realizes that he's in the presence of deity, capital D, deity, he falls on his face and asks the Lord, what would you say to your servant? I like that reaction. He, he sees it's the Lord. Oh my goodness, I made a mistake here. This is the Lord. He falls on his face, flat on his face, and said, Lord, what would you have to say to your servant? He is, he's seeking. You speak, Lord. You speak to me. You tell me. And I'll implement. What do you want? What do you desire? What is, you impart some wisdom into me. And I love the response. Listen, I love the response. And Joshua says, you speak and I will listen. You speak, I'll listen. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose your shoes from off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. Do you understand, brothers and sisters, that is the why behind why we align to God. That is why we must align ourselves to God. If you hear this morning, you're saying, why? Why do I got to align myself with God? Loose your shoes from off your feet, for the place wherein thou stand is holy. We align ourselves with God. We see what He has to say about abortion and transgenderism. We see what He has to say. Why? Because He is holy. Because he's holy. Because whatever he says, wherever he goes is holy. You've got to take your shoes off if you're near him. Joshua's laying on his face before him. Why do we align ourselves to God's views? Because he is holy. Because he is pure. Because there is no one more just than God. Everything he says is pure. Everything he says is just. Everything. Mankind down here, we try to implement a court system. We try to implement a judicial system, but we botch it up. But everything that God says is justice. Every decision that He makes is justice. Pure justice can't get any more just than the decrees He issues, than the laws He issues. Take your shoes from off your feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. That is why we align to God. Because He is holy. He's holy, pure, and just. That is why a Christian should take the stance they take on abortion. And all these topics that we see. All this stuff going on in our nation. Because He's holy. Because He possesses wisdom. He possesses pure justice. We look to Him. We look to His Word. We don't vote just because on how we feel. Well, this is how I feel about this. No, 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 no. You're, you're going to be a nation that goes astray. Well, I, I feel that it's the woman's right. Well, I feel that it's wrong to terminate a pregnancy. 
doesn't go on what you think or you feel. We look to the Word of God. He created us. Why? Because He is holy. Because He's holy. Everything that He does, everything He says, there are no mistakes in it. God does not change. It's not because of how we feel. It's not because of how our parents taught us even. It is because He is a holy God. And we must be obedient unto Him. And we join His side. He's a holy God. God, I want to be on your side. Yeah. If I can ask the band members to make their way back. Now, if we're talking about politics, I don't think that went too awful bad, did it? I don't see anyone's ready to fight or kill or anything like that. But listen, church, this election season, we must honor God with our votes. We have to honor God. We have to. Do we all understand? The Bible is very clear that we all stand before Him one day and we give an account. We give an account to everything. The way we treated our children, the way we treated our spouse, the way we treated our co-workers, the way we interacted with other people in our nation and society. Our voting record, all that stuff, we will give an account to God. And does it, will it honor God? All of our political views, do they honor God? Do they honor God? Last thing I want to bring up is the last little part of that verse 15. It says this, and Joshua did so. If God says to rip off your shoes because the place wherein thou stands, rip them off. Throw them off. Meaning Joshua says, he's coming up, he's looking for a fight, has the lines drawn. And this pre-incarnate Christ says, I ain't on either of your side. You guys can come onto my side. This is the captain of the Lord of hosts. Take your shoes off or when you, where you stand, this ground is holy. And Joshua did so. That needs to be our part that needs to be the church this part and the church did so and new hope did so all of us have to align our political views to the word of god amen amen let's pray and we'll go into worship father god we thank you for your word lord i know that politics can be a very touchy subject i know that talking about some of these buzzwords i mentioned lord sets people on edge and lord there's lots of people doing violence even in this nation we see people getting killed lord over some of these beliefs and some of these topics lord god i pray that lord that we will honor you in all of our thing all of our deeds all of our actions the way we vote our political views that they would align with what the word of god says we acknowledge that you are higher than us you came before us you tell us to come unto you all who are heavy laden all of us who are burdened and you will give us rest we come to you lord we want to join your side and lord i pray that new hope church that churches all across america we won't try to say god is on our side god you come to our side but that we will state god we want to come to your side and that we'll honor you with all that we do lord in jesus name amen please stand to your feet we'll worship one last time before we go